Welcome to another episode of Flesh Wound Horror. Don't fucking me, already fucking me up, Chris. God damn it. Um, a new episode of Flesh Wound Horror tonight. Um, oh, God damn it, Dan. Don't message me while I'm doing the intro, you stupid fuck. Okay, take two. Gory, then welcome to a new episode of Flesh Wound Horror. Um, I am producer Todd. Joined tonight with our very special guest, zombie expert, the spooky picture show zone chris mcgibbon and we no family we will be talking some trauma slash vinegar syndrome for the haters so we're uh we got one that is a should i call it a holy grail or what what do you consider because it's the last piece of the puzzle for anything you've ever wanted to finally hit home video uh uh, i can rest now <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Other than like, still can't believe it's here. Can and can you? Well, I, I know. Uh, well, I mean, we've talked about this movie. For, I, this is like since I've known you. This has been a theme that we've talked about. You've been trying to get this, this out. Well, I already one, see a question in the chat. <laughs> it was once um, vinegar syndrome got a hold of trauma's library that i was like yo no one else is gonna touch this fucking movie please do this and for the last 10 years that's been my like that's been my thing so you know it's probably best it took this long because if it would have came out say like i'm sure you probably started pestering around the time of christmas evil or lust for freedom somewhere early when they first started I i'm just guessing so if it would have came out then you know it would have sold like nothing that's the thing that like now the slipcover alone, that thing's going to eventually sell out. So that that's one good thing for this one. Cause yeah. Um, there's a ton of copies on eBay right now though. So I think <laughs> a lot of people who bought it are trying to unload it already, but Hey, whatever. Well, that brings us to our, our first question in the chat from Dan. And that is, does anyone in this world actually like night of <laughs> well for well since as long as i've known chris and we've been talking about this movie he's brought this movie up and every time he's brought it up i was like oh okay i want to see it he's told me do not watch it do not watch it i finally watched it chris i should not have watched it, <laughs> it was not good <laughs> i mean i am one to say i told you so so i told you so and I knew that was coming, and but I, I had to admit it. Yeah, it's a terrible movie. Uh, I think even Tony would probably own up to that. Um, uh, I, I think, but I also think it's great that it's included in the package because you can actually, after if you watch Night of Horror first and then you watch Curse of the Screaming Dead, it's like watching Citizen Kane comparatively. You know, like 
there's a flow, there's a plot, there's characters, there's action, there's an actual score in the film. It's not just the same song played over and over again. <laughs> you um, can one one hundred percent see the the filmmaking progression from the first to the second feature. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't that much time in between the two. I think it was only a couple of years. So, um, I don't recall. Well, you know what? We should probably just the jump night, right night of horror. It. Night of horror was like seventy nine or something like that, and Curse was shot in eighty one. So, so and when was when been. was curses the mogul tape well, which you do have handy i do uh, um what year was that release i want to say this was like 84 86 it doesn't have a date on the case but that's the the mogul tape with the much superior artwork than what vinegar syndrome used on the flip but we won't, we won't get into that but uh, uh Hey, 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 you leave it alone. <laughs> I don't mind that poster. I really don't. I just fucking I hate, hate the that title. title. I, I, I am aware. Yeah, I, I I get it, but, you know, I still got my trauma tape at least. I got one around here somewhere, too. And I still got your. See, I thought that was gone. I, I thought keep you telling sold you it's that. here. And you I told me I could, but I didn't. Oh, look at that. So it's still here safe. Great. I don't need it. Okay, now it's gonna be any <laughs> no care yeah, now. Well, no, it, it'll it'll be nice in the trauma section then. I didn't grab the DVD, even though it's kind of rare. But I I figured you're good with the tapes. Yeah, no, the, the DVD was just the tape master slapped on a DVD. It really wasn't anything to write home about. It, it wasn't, but um, uh, <laughs> well, I I mean, do you want do you want to? Tell us what the movie's about. Are, well, which do you want to start with Night of Horror first? I mean, well, I guess doing... we can. Yeah, well, we might as well do them chronologically, even if this is a supplementary feature and technically non trauma for the trauma fans out there. For Orc out there, here you go, some non trauma. Right, 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 right. Well, I mean, uh, so Night of Horror is about a group of people who go, uh, I believe, to take a look at a cabin that one the two brothers have inherited and and they're their camper breaks down in the middle of a civil war battlefield where one of the girls can talk to ghosts the ghosts there tell them some shit's going down we need you to find our captain's head and bring him to the cemetery where we're all buried so he can rest and therefore we can end movie i just saved you an hour and 18 minutes <laughs> of your life and it was not as entertaining as chris telling that story yeah uh <laughs> There's a, so what, when when Tony was putting this package together, um, he had asked me to help participate in the features because I've known Tony uh, for a while. He was actually the first person I interviewed and was published with with an article for Scars Magazine, uh, where I wrote about Curse of the Screaming Dead. And the whole spin on the article was, you know, as an independent filmmaker, you could make these kind of trashy movies or these low budget movie backyard movies that. A handful of people have ever heard of and most of them have you know probably don't like them very much uh but you could still use that as a platform to you know become something in hollywood because tony at the time was working for disney and had been working for disney for a while restoring uh old tv shows and films through uh basically the sale of curse of the screaming dead he was able to use that money and move out to la and pursue his dream so 
I thought that was a cool story and a cool way to spin it. But even if you make something that may not be great, you could, you know, if it's technically sound, you might be able to use it as a platform to get where you want to go. So kind of encouraging, you know, filmmakers just to keep going and make it, make, you know, make it, make a movie, just make a movie. And that was kind of his mindset too. But, um, I remember, you know, talking to him about night of horror and, he has fondness for both films for sure. I think even on the interviews that are included on the disc, he doesn't really necessarily, he doesn't trash them. He understands they're not high art, but he also appreciates what they did for him. And, um, you know, he really did learn a lot between night of horror and curse of the screaming dead in terms of just almost everything. And, uh, but night of horror, I remember telling him like, there's like 10 minutes of padding in a 78 minute movie. That's, that's aggressive. That's a lot. Um, you know, the opening scene is two guys with their backs to the camera talking into a bar that's eight minutes long, you know, and then they're when they go driving to Maryland or wherever they're going, it feels like you're going with them because that driving scene lasts about another seven or eight minutes with one piano chord being hit continuously. <laughs> and then there's the battle sequence that has the not a terrible song, but not a great song, another eight minute scene. So there was a lot of, and then like at the end of the film, nothing really happens. It just sort of kind of ends. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then you're happy. It's done. And then you wonder what you're doing with your life that you just watched. I don't Yeah. We do have a few people in the chat who've never even heard of it. A few people. Yeah. This didn't really have a great distribution. I know there was a tape cause you have the tape if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken or had it. I do have a copy of it on VHS. So I think the Genesis VHS was first. There was also a budget release, I think, from a company. <laughs> I think it was that Better Home Video or something like that, where they um they just took the artwork of the Genesis release and they animated it. They they did a painting of it instead of the picture. It was just this picture of this really cheap zombie mask. Mm. Um so I think people who picked it up might have thought it was a zombie movie, but it's it's supposed to be a ghost movie. Uh I remember when I found it, uh, I found it at a video store that, that was local to my area while I was looking for Curse of the Screaming Dead because I had rented that tape all the time when I was a kid. And I was kind of convinced that like somebody in my town still had it. So I went to all the different video stores that were still around to see if any of them had purchased it or inherited it and uh, or knew where I could find it or if they knew the owners of the video store that I went to to see if I could, they could track it, whatever. I was, I was 12 years old or something. I thought, you know, I could figure it, it was, I could figure it out. And, uh, they had night of horror there. And I remember asking the woman behind the counter if I could buy it. Cause I knew it was by the same director and she looked it up and she was like, yeah, it hasn't rented for a while. I could sell it to you. And like, I feel like after I bought it, she celebrated <laughs> it was gone you know like forever. Sucker. <laughs> um and then i went home and watched it and tried to bring it back and she wouldn't let me <laughs> uh so i still have that tape i think i've watched it no i've only ever seen the movie twice the second time was on the blu-ray uh the first time was that tape and then when i watched it on blu-ray um i was really grateful for the fast forward button at that point because i knew where i could fast forward and um you know but watch it with the commentary on i suppose if i haven't done that yet but if you do that it might be more dan says uh that they uh the director took the money for the reshoots and, and made an entirely different film being curse of the screaming dead 
night of the night of horror cost around four grand. They used the 12 grand for reshoots and made curse of the screaming dead instead. Probably a good call. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, though, uh, we did have a question. Okay. Cliff Booth says he's watching the bar scene right now on YouTube. Um, Billy Bean asks, so is it art house style or just lack of story storytelling? So they used every piece of film they had option B. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Option B. Uh, they, he knew he had to deliver a feature that ran at least, um, well at the time they wanted 90 minutes, but he figured if he could get to 78, I think is the runtime. It's almost 80. Um, then he was in good shape and he could get it distributed. And, uh, a distributor looked at it and said that, you know, to echo what Dan said, it was kind of, uh, there was really nothing in the film, nothing happened, but if uh, he could shoot some gore scenes and some scenes with um, um, skin, you know, tits and ass, uh, the distributor could sell it. And Tony took that opportunity to say, well, I could do that or I could just make a whole other movie. And then uh, Curse of the Screaming Dead was born. I think he had a friend write the script, so he didn't write it this time, but he told him it was like a loose remake a of call. his first film. <laughs> <laughs> probably a good call <laughs> might have been i think on the i think on night of horror there wasn't much of a script to begin with um so you know i think there was a lot of ad-libbing involved i know a lot of it was like one take deals like they really didn't have enough time to do more than one um one of my one of the most hysterical scenes in the film is when the brother is arguing about their father and the dude just straight up sputters his line forgets his line all in the same breath and then like has this awkward pause and then keeps going um and all of a sudden gets angry just like wow that's acting uh but you could totally tell that was a one take deal and they couldn't go back and do it again and that same guy was a theater actor so he used his hands a lot i guess so they had him holding on to the, the rv all the time so he wouldn't like flail his hands around because that's what he would do if he wasn't holding on to something backyard yeah. movie making magic <laughs> have your actor hold on to a pole so you don't move whatever works <laughs> so if you well you are going to rate this so on a scale of one to five what does chris give night of terror a five a night of horror first of all night of horror. Um, i'm trying to think of a different movie it gets a five what the hell no uh it's terrible and and in I love Tony and I love him as a filmmaker, um, you know, in, a, in, a, in his own way. I really applaud the fact that this guy really went out and did it. You know what I mean? I mean, he, he, he made a movie and it, they may not have been great movies. They may not have been amazing movies, but he still went out and made a movie. And, you know, back then, especially that was more, much more difficult than it is now. Um, so for the effort, I would give it a one. Cause I mean, at least, you know, you put something together. Uh, we're talking about it. 40 years later so it accomplished something whether it's the worst thing anyone's ever seen or it's the best thing they've ever seen um it's still out there and uh yeah chris is a lot a lot nicer and more forgiving i guess on this one i can't this is the white axum i gotta give it a big zero i i the only thing good that came out of this is you got cursed with the screaming dead and actually, I, I didn't think Night of Horror was going to be included because when we were talking about this years ago, I was under the impression that Night of Horror was lost. Like, all the film materials were gone, and the only material that Tony had at the time 
that he told me he had was like three reels of the film because I guess on the first um on the first run he was doing to create a print the machine fucked up somehow so he had to start over again but he just kept, he paid for those reels so he kept them and I I we just thought the film was incomplete and we couldn't figure out who had it like where it went you know where any materials went because you know the two companies that did have any kind of distribution rights certainly didn't leave a paper trail so um and i was just, never passed through troma's hands either correct it didn't no he but he actually found I, the negative he found it in his storage he didn't even know he had it so that's how we ended up with it but um i know that when i pitched curse of the screaming dead uh to uh vinegar syndrome their big thing was we'll do it but we want night of horror with it we want to do both <laughs> and i just kind of was like i could have saved I, a layer <laughs> well i honestly think their mindset was because we had kind of confirmed it was lost that we would never get night of horror so they couldn't like it would never happen um and so then you got a two disc <laughs> Curse of yeah. the Screaming Dead Vinegar Syndrome set. What the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know how that. And that's the one thing I didn't grab, of course. <laughs> well, Tony, Tony, that was the other cool thing about the package is Tony did all the extras. Uh, and um, he asked me to help and be a part of them and shoot a piece for him, uh, similar to the there's two girls on the disc who uh, talk about Night of Horror. And uh, he wanted me to do a similar piece for Curse, but I was knee deep in other stuff at the time. And I just couldn't put the time aside to do it. And uh, I felt bad because, like, he was hoping I could get something in there. Because, like, realistically, I was probably the only person out there that was begging for this movie to get released on any format outside of VHS. So, uh, but it, whatever. It, it had a DVD. <laughs> it had a crappy DVD. There were alternatives out there that no one bought, but <laughs> no comment. Um, well, I guess, you know, we, we should just get right into Curse of the Screaming Dead. Yeah. AKA Curse of the Cannibal Confederates. Ugh. I you know, it's funny. On the I these two movies, I refer to them under like this one I will call Curse of the Screaming Dead, but House on Tombstone Hill Dead Come Home is always dead dudes in the house for me. Just stuck with me. So, mm. it's one of those. So you I I know you're dead dead come home. That's your favorite. Uh, uh, well, that's the original title. Uh, okay, I thought it was your favorite too. I, I mean, I actually I like House on Tombstone Hill out of the three of them the best. I think that one. You know, it's funny the thing with that. It just kind of sounds a little too generic for me. It's the most fun. I I hate the I hate dead dudes in the house. I and I hate. I, know you do. I fucking hate that poster. That's I'm still one of the bad. Worst. Where the fuck's my rabid granny? Yeah. Speaking of rabid granny, Vinegar Syndrome will be. I'm fucking soaked for that. But <clears throat> there you go. But let's talk about Curse of the Screaming Dead. So for those of our viewers who have not seen it, what is this film about? <laughs> this is going to sound familiar. Uh, a group of friends <laughs> go out camping in the wilderness and stumble across a Confederate graveyard where one of their members steals a diary belonging to the captain of a battalion of Confederate soldiers that are buried out in the graveyard. And stealing that diary is a bad, bad, bad idea because it awakens those long dead soldiers who wrench themselves up from the ground and start hunting the hapless help hunters pursuing them in an endless uh sort of quest for revenge and flesh because they like to eat people and uh yeah and 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 then things happen and 
zombies, gore, and a really, really long flesh-eating scene. <laughs> All right, so how old were we when you saw this one? Because this one is one of your uh, Mount Rushmore films. I was young. I was. I, I can't remember the age exactly but I, I i was i was single digits i remember that i was in the lo- low single digits i was another three four maybe even five um but i remember i was at an age where if your film had zombies and a scene where they came out of the ground and a scene where they ate people i was a happy camper this movie has all three of those things so i really didn't get that this was a quote bad movie and i I don't think I ever really kind of understood that how unliked it was until I, I got the internet. That's when I sort of found out that this was considered one of the worst uh, films out there. And in it doesn't help that Lloyd considers it one of the worst trauma films. Exactly. That was my next point when you got Lloyd Kaufman, yeah, telling you, telling everyone that this is one of the worst titles that we own. Now um, I wonder if he means it's the worst or the worst performance. I, if you ever get them, ask them, clarify. I don't know. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know how, I know they picked it up in 88 and they, um, um, and that's the, that was the seed money that Tony used to fly out to Los Angeles and build his career and his life out there. Uh, but when I, I still remember he, when I talked to him about the title change, um, because the other proposed title was the South shall rise again. And they, uh, they didn't, obviously they didn't use that, but the, um, the, the sales rep at trauma called him and said, Oh, we're going to retitle the film. And <laughs> he really, he really didn't understand the point. Cause he's like curse of the screaming dead. is a pretty sellable title. Um, but I think they were, they were worried that like the mogul, mogul tape was out there and people would have known what it people was. People would have known. <laughs> yeah. And wouldn't have picked it up. So they said, we're going to call it Curse of the Cannonball Confederates because the guy had a British accent and he was really confused. He's like, Cannonball Confederates? What the fuck? He's like, I don't care. It's your movie. Call it whatever you want. But Cannonball Confederates? And he said, no, no, no. Cannibal Confederates. And he goes, oh, well, I like that less. And uh, <laughs> and that's what they called it. And uh, I always wondered why. I, I, I don't know if it was because because Mogul wasn't a big company. And it's not like they had a huge distribution ring. Troma certainly yeah. had a bigger outreach at that point than I, I didn't see did. it till the trauma tape. Yeah. So I think um I I I I think uh there's I don't know, maybe they just thought like retitling it would help their chances of even if somebody had seen it as under the other title, they would um pick it up. What was confusing about their release was not that they took footage from earlier in the film and spliced it at the beginning over the opening titles. It's that they did that and didn't put their titles over that footage to say like, okay, we're retitling this. And yes, there's eventually going to, because the zombies do take a bit to show up. There's eventually going to be zombies in this film. So here they are now. You'll see this all later. It confused a lot of people. A lot of people thought that was like the opening of the film that the zombies were already out and about right roaming around already. And that, you know, they, uh, uh, cut into the movie and then it happened. All those scenes happen again. I was really, that was one of the main things that bothered me about that retitling was that they did those kind of cheesy video graphics over the film and they could have done it over the original titles. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. 
I had to blur the flag on the on the poster just in case Facebook got a little iffy about it. Oh yeah, because of the Confederate flag. <laughs> um, uh, Dan threw threw out there. This one has some funny Edward moments. You can see chips on the styrofoam tombstones. Kiyomi, the blind girl, instantly focuses and looks directly at everything. And Mr. Cotter blows up zombies. That's true. Um, there was a funny story about her where she was playing the character as somebody who was unconventionally blind in that um, that she could not see, but she could sort of see. I don't remember how he kind of approached it, but he let her try it out. And I think... And then he looked at it and decided it wasn't working, so she played it a little more conventionally blind. But um, I still don't know why he made her blind in the first place. It doesn't add anything to the character. It doesn't change anything. It never becomes a hindrance for the character either. There's never a point in the film where she's like alone with a zombie and doesn't know it because she can't see him. You know, like there's nothing like that where her being blind really does anything to the character at all other than like people making a mention of it uh so <laughs> and i think people always joke in the opening titles he had to credit her as blind kiyomi because it was so kind of hard to believe that she was because of the way she played it but um <laughs> that was a nod to something else i can't remember what it was but it was supposed to be a nod to something else could we just let's go with like she's pretending to be blind to trick everyone that's why she really is looking there you go. Maybe. Maybe. Dan has a question. This is actually a really good one. Were the human non-decomposed hands on the zombies an issue for you? I mean... That's Chris's way of saying yes, but it didn't bother him when he was a kid. Yeah, when I was a kid, I don't... Well, when I was a kid on DHS, you didn't see it. Oh, that's true. You, know what I mean? DHS, like, you didn't even know they had hands. Yeah, this fucking movie, like, I, I can't... I, I picked up this Blu-ray... And I legitimately felt like I had never seen the movie before. There were scenes in this movie that for the last 30 years, I was convinced I knew what was going on, only to discover I was completely wrong because um, I couldn't see the scene before. So, like, I just sort of guessed what was happening. I, I mean, I'm going to put your, your, your watch number at probably high double digits. Well, probably when I was a kid, I watched this movie all the time. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. So you've yeah. seen this. That's what I'm saying. So for you to discover something new on this new transfer means there's a, there's a lot to discover because you know well, this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's also kind of fun that they included an alternate cut of the film uh, as the main feature. I would have liked them to include both cuts because I think that would have just. What are the cut differences? Uh, so this one is the version that's actually on that Australian tape that you held up earlier. Um, the main difference is in the mogul or the trauma version, um, the zombies show up after Sarah says those are strange fireworks and sits down or goes into the, into the tent and then it cuts to the couples talking in their tents and, you know, then the zombies attack in this version, it flips those scenes. So the talking happens. So it takes the zombies another like five minutes to show up which I didn't realize how much that affected the film until I watched it with some friends reach, you know, the other night. And it was totally like, yeah, this really doesn't like that scene happening. Even five minutes earlier helps the pacing a great deal because 
at one point my friend's wife forgot it was a zombie movie uh until somebody said oh when are the zombies gonna show up she goes wait this is a zombie movie i thought it was about a haunted bell and uh <laughs> so when so, the zombies finally showed up so so what i'm hearing chris this isn't the definitive version you're not done yet <laughs> no i mean i i well i talked to tony about it because you know he wasn't his the, the what happened was the film was pre-sold overseas so basically when they shot the movie and i think while they were in post um that his agent or whoever he was in contact with had pre-sold the movie to europe and they needed it right away so he cut together basically a cut of the film to deliver and that got delivered overseas and then it took a few more months for it to get released here so in that time he kind of tweaked it a little bit and that's how it got reordered you know the those scenes got reordered so he actually wasn't too happy with the fact that they put this version out and not the other one uh because it's not his you know quote director's cut or his even final cut it's essentially a an early cut that he you know made some changes to and i think there were some other shots in the film that he tightened up a little bit throughout the cutting process and you know that weren't in this version either uh but at the end of the day i mean I'm happy that it's out. I mean, whatever cut it is, it's out there. Does, uh, does Troma still own this or is this strictly yeah. from? Okay. Yeah, they, they own it forever. Yeah. The, that's what I thought. Then there is a shot, Chris, because they did fix blood, blood hook to make that the shorter version, the much better version on their Blu-ray. So yeah, maybe. you never know. You may um, be able to, you may even be able to get a couple extras on there. I mean, it's trauma, so don't expect anything, yeah, but you may I'm get also, some on there. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if the, I don't know if, uh, I think once vinegar syndrome is done with this, I, I can't imagine anybody else going, yeah, we'll put that out again. They've um, been, trauma, trauma's been putting out all the ones that have gone out of print, though. I haven't seen one yet that hasn't. I mean, that, considering that Lloyd has said, may just end up <laughs> the new print on streaming, but it's not impossible. Yeah yeah i mean it's um if it sells out well the what's funny is the edition without the slip cover has sold more than the one with i was looking at the numbers the other day there's like less than 300 of the one without the slip cover right, there is currently 270 yeah and yeah still well over a thousand for the slipped version i don't know if yeah I don't know why people are jumping for the non-slip version, but you know, usually because syndromes... because you can't display the beautiful Curse of the Cannibal Confederates artwork if you have a slip cover on it. Oh yeah, that's the problem. You know, you know, I have that cover out, right? <laughs> I hate you, <laughs> but it's covered by the regular slip. But it's it's one of those things. It's it's trauma, so yeah, yeah. Because uh, Tony wanted to remake this. Uh, at one point and I was a hundred percent behind that. Uh, and then we went to, uh, we found out that, you know, trauma had it forever. I mean, he knew he had sold it, but I think he thought there might've been a, um, there might've been a, an opportunity to buy it back. And, uh, and there wasn't. So even at that point with Lloyd saying it's one of the worst titles they own, um, they weren't interested in selling it back to Tony. So, um, they saw value in it somewhere or at some point, uh, Probably because you kept bugging vinegar. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm sure every studio has gotten a request for that back in when you first started your mission. 
<laughs> no, not really, because it wasn't. It, was, I, it really wasn't one that I. It, it was really when Vinegar Syndrome started doing trauma titles that I was like, "This is the only opportunity this film really has is with this company." Um, at that time, now there's a couple other ones that I could see doing it and probably doing okay with it, but I remember seeing the thing that really kind of got me going was seeing the photos that Tony had shown me from the shooting where, you know, they were taken with a regular camera and you could see that stuff was lit pretty well. And I was like, I wonder if the actual movie is supposed to look like this too. Cause I think a lot of people thought with that tape and that DVD being so dark that that look was very intentional. Uh, when, as you can see on the Blu-ray, yes, it's still a dark film, but you can see a lot more than you could before. Uh, in that, in some scenes, you can see anything. But there's, um, like, even them coming out of the ground, uh, you know, most of them are just guys with dirt thrown on them, whatever, but I didn't even think the dirt had been thrown on them. I thought, like, they were just lying on the ground and sitting up, you know. <laughs> uh, you couldn't see it, for sure. And then, um, I think it's the flag bearer zombie. The first time you see him, he's got this big, giant worm crawling across his face. I never saw that before. Like, um the captain has a bullet hole in his head. I never saw it before. So there's a lot of things. I was like, holy shit. Like I'm actually see this movie. So. Um, Dan has a question. He said, uh, did Mark Ren Redfield's performance as the lead zombie give you bud vibes, bub vibes. Excuse bub. Me. Uh, I suppose a little bit. He is one of the things that people will point out in the film as being one of the, Ironically, a lot of people point him out as the best actor in the film, which really isn't that far off from the truth. Uh, he he delivers much more of a performance than some of the other actors do, but they'll all tell you the same thing, that they weren't really actors. They were just, you know, kind of folks who, you know, wanted to try it out and see how it went. And uh, none of them had delusions of grandeur of becoming Hollywood, you know, royalty, but they just thought, you know, this sounds like fun. Let's do it. Uh, but Mark was like, he was only 15 when he did the film, which blew me away because he was the captain, the Confederate captain. So obviously right. with, with the gray beard, which is makeup, um, looked a lot older than 15. But uh, he did give the best performance in the film. So, I mean, granted, a lot of it is just screaming and standing there, but there's at least emotion behind it, you know. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, he's he's probably the best part of the movie. Yeah, and Dan said he he's remained active and went on to play one of the main roles and one of his personal favorites, uh, Chainsaw Sally. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the article that I wrote for Scars, the cover of the magazine was Chainsaw Sally, which I didn't even piece together at the time. But it, um, I think she was on the cover of that issue. And uh, yeah, it's it's just crazy to me that this movie actually had lighting because again like for years <laughs> yeah i remember because i didn't didn't you get access to those photos i remember you showing me something where it was light yeah yeah i i used them for the article uh tony sent me a bunch of them okay, that's i think he actually sent me the original pictures which at the time i look back at that now i'm really surprised he did that because i was like a 15 year old kid at that point who was like, I want to write this R16 or 17. I wasn't like, I was young, but I wanted to write this article really badly. 
and I needed photos and he didn't have a scanner at the time. So he sent me the photos because I worked at Staples and I could scan them. And then I, I scanned them and I mailed them right back to him. But uh, I'm surprised he did that, to be honest. But, you know. Probably you worked at Staples and you can mail them right back from work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a weird time back then. He's, you know, but we've been friends ever since. I mean, we've we've kept in contact and, you know, talked here and there throughout the process of this and prior to it. And every now and again, I'd hit him up and say, like, hey, you know, someday it's going to happen. Someday Curse of the Screaming Dead is going to make the leap and we're going to see it on Blu-ray. And he, all he kept telling me was the amount of work it would take for somebody to properly restore it probably isn't worth did money. he think he was gonna have to do it get there and scrub that negative <laughs> no he was fine with doing that he told me that he would have done it uh why not you know it's his movie so yeah well the big question now is i i, I know there's going to be uh this is you know not going to be a normal rating i'm going to go with out of five what do you give it because i know you got a lot of nostalgia with this one it holds a special place in your heart yeah how much does that affect your rating? See, I like to rate off my enjoyment while watching a film. So. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I still find it. I mean, I, I, like I said the other night, I watched it with some friends. Um, I have a, my friend buddy Josh is a really big uh, trauma fan, and this was one of their pickups that he had never seen, so he really wanted to watch it. And everyone in the room was entertained i mean we all thought like there was parts of it where we were you know just chatting or whatever because we weren't missing anything but there were certainly scenes that you know we stopped and listened and paid attention and laughed and you know whatever so um it's not a great film though and i preface that with everyone that i tell about it like this is a terrible movie um it's slow it's padded poorly again we're dealing with someone walking in the woods for 10 minutes there's when the zombies start coming out of the ground that's a five minute scene the flesh eating is a seven minute scene like that's you know another 30 minutes of padding in an 80 minute you know, 90 minute film so uh i don't know it's hard because I, I do like it a lot but i also recognize it's not a great movie i'd probably give it a, a really a low end three is what I would give it. It's it, you know, with my nostalgia and whatnot mixed in, I think uh I think that's a fair rating. All right. Um I'm kind of in the middle. I, I'm really like a two and a half on this one. More I, I can have fun with it, but I also it's not a great film, but I, I can still have fun with it. I'm putting it in the middle as average. Like it it helps if you watch Night of Terror, right? Night of Horror, Night of right? Horror. I got it. I got it. I caught it. Night of Horror, right before. It really does help. Yeah, absolutely. So I think Dan's going to try to join us. He said he's had no issues for ten minutes. So um, I'm going to bring him on now, and let's see, and we can talk about our next film. Dan, how you doing? All right, I'll rely on the chat to see if this is even bearable. No, you're you fine, Dan. Nobody said then. anything. <laughs> I, I think it's the same issue. Can Can you hear me talking right now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bye, Dan. sorry, I tried. I'll be in the chat. All right, back All to right, the chat. Guys. Get out of here, you. <laughs> 
Confederate <laughs> zombie hating bastard. <laughs> I think he's team. Uh, anyway, um, that would you know this would be a fucking difficult movie to remake now though, because how do you have sympathy? Like, like you have to have sympathy for the Confederates, and a lot of people don't anymore. So well, this was a regional horror. I, I'm just guessing it depend on what region you were in. Is how that's well fair. <laughs> that's fair. That's a fair point. Yeah, I'm going to say some areas of the country it's going to do hell. Yeah, let's just move on to our next film. Uh, and geez, what do we call our next film? I, I don't want to start a fight. <laughs> the, the the movie with three titles. Yes, and I, I'm trying to pull up. Um, I, I guess House on Tombstone Hill, aka um, The Dead Come Home, aka Dead Dudes in the House. I know Chris loves that. So why don't? Well, here we go. This is another one. I mean, um. You've been talking about this one for a while. I don't think you've had that that urge that you, or that that like force behind it you did on the last one. But I know this is another one you've been, you wanted to see finally make the leap to Blu-ray. And the, well, this one wasn't nearly as difficult as Curse was. This was no. uh, this was a simple. Hey, do you guys want to do this movie? Yeah, we should do that movie. Okay, great. And that's. I mean, that came together in a week. I'm not even. I'm not even exaggerating. I think I I I talked to my buddy over at Vinegar Syndrome about it because there was a there was a crappy DVD once again by Trauma, and overseas there was a much much better yes. DVD. Uh, the, the picture quality was just leaps and bounds better than what we had, and I think I just kind of went well. The, you know, there has to be there's a better version of it out there somewhere. So, you know, this is one that I could feel like Vinegar Syndrome could put out and do pretty well with. So I reached out to my buddy and I said, do you guys want to do it? And um, I'm in, I'm in contact with the director and he said, yeah, we'll do it. And then I contacted the director, the director contacted vinegar syndrome. And I think a month later they were, it was coming out. It's like, wow, that was easy. Now where's curse of the screaming dead. (laughs) Now the thing with this is I know there's some anti-trauma people. This is a pickup. And I think even for the people who don't like trauma, I think this one is, is worth checking out which yeah. is kind of tipping my hat a little but um yeah so on that chris give us the quick rundown of what it's about uh a group of friends inherit or they buy an old house and they decide they're going to fix it up as a bed and breakfast and one of them awakens the spirit of a very pissed off very dangerous old woman who's uh, goes not to the rabbit house, grannies. not rabbit grannies. <laughs> she goes to the house and she starts uh, killing them off one by one in slasher style. Uh, but after they die, uh, they get up and they start coming after their friends in Evil Dead style. Uh, and that's you know, then it's just a matter of who's going to make it to the end, if anyone at all. Uh, by the time the folks in the house, once they realize they tra- they're trapped, they start to realize that their friends are coming back to life and are now homicidal and uh now they need not only do they need to try to survive the house they need to try to survive their friends who are zombified killers so. they gotta avoid the dead dudes the dead in the dudes. house <laughs> <laughs> such a dumb name that's why i like it <laughs> this is one of the movies like that when you watch it back in the day i'm sure you watch it in spite of the name i got it in one of the trauma I think it's one of the Toxies top ten box sets. Oh, like I I think it's in one of the threes. It might be in the ten also. 
it's in the 10 they're all okay in, i think they all were included in the 10s i think they're if i remember right you just like i don't i don't know but yeah i i that cover art man i never would have picked this up ever <laughs> uh i i also wouldn't have picked it up under house on tombstone hill either to be frank because i mean that looked it just looked like a slasher film that's what i'm saying that, that one just feels too generic yeah but the dead but, come home is always the one that like just feels like it, it's the right one for me right and it's the original title as well uh but uh no this is a fun little movie uh and it you know what it lacks in budget it makes up for an in ingenuity i mean there's there's a lot of cool fun stuff in it and some actually some atmospheric and creepy stuff too but then there's a <laughs> lot of really stupid shit I, I there's a comment john hinckley says my dead dude's vhs dub from cinemax broadcast was better quality than the truman TV i <laughs> i believe that yeah uh. i believe that uh but the my big issue with the well one of my issues with this film is the uh the zombie characters are dispatched off pretty fucking easily <laughs> like there's there's no there's only one of them that's like a little difficult to kill and then there's the old woman but pretty much the rest of them it's like doesn't take much one dude is like legitimately taken out by by a piece of wood that's like the size of a twig you know, there's no nail sticking out of it. There's nothing like she just like taps him on the side of the head and, and he dies. And I'm like, well, this isn't really much of a threat if they're able to be killed off that easily. But, <laughs> you know, whatever. But then there's that one who is whistling Jimmy crack corn while shop sharpening his little um, saw blade weapon that he made earlier in the film. That scene I always thought was pretty creepy. Like the other guys are just in the room and they hear him whistling somewhere. So they know he's in the house and uh but there are, as dan said there's some good gore and some good um yeah some makeup in this one uh the window kill he mentioned specifically and then yeah. ed french also did the fx for nightmare in the damaged brain right right uh so. you know i don't know yeah but it's uh it's it's a fun movie what do you, i mean what do you think of this one i don't think i've ever asked you your opinion on it you sure i'm pretty sure we've talked about this uh, uh, for a long time i if, remember if well the people here don't know that so like uh, uh, you know well do, do, uh, see i was almost going to use a word you don't like see now it sounds weird i was also going to use some some jargon chris doesn't understand okay sorry um yeah i i, I thought we yeah i am a fan of this one this one i saw under the dead dude's title i enjoyed it you know from from the get-go Cause it was one of those like where you know trauma was hit and miss sometimes they were good it was all over the place with the pickups but mm -hmm. this was one that like even at the time i was like people aren't going to want to watch dead dudes in the house but whatever i i enjoyed it and i always have um it's just you can it's a low budget one but it's 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 ambitious and i i do really like the cast and and everything that's going on in this one it, it is just a fun haunted house well trapped in a house picture mm. the night yeah. of the living dead situation i can i can see that and i can uh it, it definitely has like an evil dead-esque type of vibe too um and it's got some some fun jokes in it as well uh there's some fun character moments in it uh really it's it's uh 
it's every it, it, it it's just a fun little b movie i mean it really it doesn't i don't think it really breaks any new ground or anything like that but it mm -hmm. certainly certainly has a great time doing what it's doing you know uh i can't remember the guy's name i think it was uh, uh his name i think it was this guy no it wasn't him i'm trying to look on I'm, I'm i'm cheating i'm checking imdb right now that's okay uh, do it all the time but there, one of the actors, the guy who actually played the um, the one who whistles uh, the Jimmy Crack Corn and walking through the hallway, uh, I found him on Facebook years ago, and he was a comedian out in New York, and he actually invited me to a comedy show that he was doing. Uh, he said if I ever wanted, because I asked him about the film, and he goes, "Oh my gosh, yeah, no, I, I was in it and." It was a lot of fun and yada, yada. And he's like, if you want to come out to one of my comedy shows, I'm a much better comedian than I was an actor. And I never, uh, I can't remember his name. And I, I don't remember his character name either. I guess I should have had this already before I, I decided to, to look into it. But anyway, continue on. Um, no, I mean, I, there, there's not much more. I mean, on this one, I mean, I think it's just a fun B movie. Like you said, um, it's one of the better trauma pickups, I think. Um, so for the well if you're still listening and you're on a trauma fan sorry but this is one to look into so and vinegar syndrome put it out it, does trauma is it technically still a trauma movie i'd have to look at the, the if they still own it or not i feel like this is another one they own yeah i i think uh, it is too yeah but we, I think, and we I did get so. dead dudes on the reverse art too <laughs> <laughs> the um, one thing I'm always happy about. I do wish we had Mogul on the other one on Curse of the Screaming Dead. At least that would have been nice. Uh, what was the um? What was weird about this release was when they put it on Blu-ray. They the slip says House on Tombstone Hill on one side of the spine, and that's right. one of the cases. And then you flip it, and it says Dead Come Home on that side. And then you look, and then I think the inside says Dead Come Home. If I'm not mistaken. And then the flip says dead dudes in the house instead of house on tombstone hill. That always bugged me. And I was like, why didn't you guys just like not do that? Well, now it's the, it shows the house on tombstone hill. Oh, then maybe it's not dead. Come home. Are, well, yeah. One of them doesn't have the right title. Cause obviously they're using dead dudes in the house on the flip side. So yeah, if you have that slip cover, you know, you're getting, you're getting, I don't have, I don't, I don't think I have the slip cover on this one. It's like one of the only trauma ones I don't like trauma vinegar syndrome. You know what I mean? Well, damn. What's wrong with you? You didn't get the. They sent me a screener. So. Oh. Yeah. Back when they used to do cool stuff like that. <laughs> um, uh, we got another question. Chris, would this be better known if they used the dead dudes on the block title? Dead dudes are oh, like the new kids on the block. Did even uh, if they use the dead dudes on the block, I don't know. Maybe the teenage girls. Yeah, they're not going to want to. Yeah, I don't know. Well, they certainly looked like the you know the dead dudes on the block. Well, the there you go. Cover. Chris approves. I don't. Yeah, because none of those people, none of those people are in the goddamn movie. <laughs> yeah, I think there's like one shot from the film on that cover. The rest of it is all like. I want to see that movie too, though, where the, you have all these bad 
early 90s looking guys getting attacked by the rabid granny i would watch that movie too (laughs) i guess suppose yeah uh i mean it i I never it's another one i don't and i don't think i ever saw it kicking around anywhere to be honest but i think if i had i i would have definitely passed it over uh even house on tombstone hill i wouldn't have given a second thought to you know because again like that wouldn't have resonated with me in any way of being a movie oh this is a, this is a supernatural pseudo zombie film you know or something like that because that's kind of what it is but um it is structured like a slasher so i mean there's that but what title is on the print on the vinegar syndrome print dead come home i watched it on trauma it says dead dudes in the house does it really <laughs> is it yes. the remastered version on trauma yes and they fucking retitled those i can't with these people uh, it's like that on peacock also that's wrong that's well so wrong. proba's gotta get their money <laughs> wait i'll tell you what they do with curse of the cannibal confederates i mean curse of the screaming dead that <laughs> one popped up on streaming yet. that one i imagine they would just put the title over it because they'd have to recut that title sequence again with the new the new footage or they or god if they use the video master footage holy shit <laughs> i hope they just do and they just hard cut the hd <laughs> so we have to have that trauma opening with the little scene <laughs> at least then people would like realize oh shit look how different this movie looks now uh you know but i don't know did we rate this one yet yes we should uh chris what do you give whatever you want to call this movie what of its three titles the type the, the movie with three titles uh i would probably give this one a, a really solid three and a half maybe even close to a four it's a really fun little ambitious low budget movie that offers a lot more than one would think uh performances overall are pretty strong there's a couple of you know a couple of first timers in the bunch that are a little weak but no one's terrible um the effects are fun the gore is fun the atmosphere is good the house is cool uh the supernatural element works um yeah so this is a this is a fun little movie that i think uh most season horror fans would enjoy i I wouldn't recommend showing it to a new horror fan because this might not this might not quite hit the same way but yeah um i'm a four I, I do like this and as i already said i think it's one of the better trauma pickups so it's going to be a higher one for me mm. um yeah dead dudes in the house gets a four to five so does the other two chris is probably lower his numbers if i make a break dead dudes in the house <laughs> be like two and a half move along <laughs> fuck that title <laughs> i hate that title all right so anything else chris before we no. get out of here no well I, i'm gonna promote something because i'm still i'm still working on it but we're gonna have the toxic avenger home video history from the first release to the current release coming soon on the channel um I just is got... that why you spent 50 bucks on a tape no no okay. that was that was unrelated <laughs> okay i thought you were doing research man well now it is <laughs> there's still yeah you're I welcome didn't. yeah <laughs> okay on on that i guess um well that's it for our trauma slash vinegar syndrome show hopefully we tricked a few into watching the trauma show 
Um, Chris, well, what do you got coming up? I know you didn't you just drop an episode of the spooky picture show <laughs> family picture. <show? laughs> uh, I did. We did. We dropped an episode for back to school, uh, last week or the week before. I, I can't even remember anymore. Um, so we covered a lot of, um, horror films that take place in or around a school. Uh, from high school all the way up into the college years because we had to talk about Ghoulies 3, Ghoulies Go to College. Uh, I wonder who pushed uh, that one through. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, it will forever will remain a mystery unless you listen to the show. Uh, this October, we have a, a fun surprise coming up. I won't say what it is yet, but we're going to do something we haven't done before uh, that I think is going to be very entertaining. So we'll try that little experiment out, see how that goes. Uh, but we are the Spooky Picture Show. Um, you can find us on uh, Apple, uh, Amazon, Spotify, pretty much wherever podcasts are being posted nowadays. Uh, we're on there. Uh, I have to say this out, you know, I really do. I'm very miss confused. doing shows with me. I know, Chris. It's okay. no, not at all. Uh, I'm very confused about. Oh, no one can remember the spooky picture show. Like people always screw it up where we were. We were, you know, you called us a spooky family picture show. Which no, that was Dan. Okay, well, Dan, I don't know where that even came from. And he said one, it... one time, no, Felsher he... called it the spooky power hour. And then he was on. <laughs> I like that, though. <laughs> he was on another, like, podcast where he called it the spooky horror show. And I'm just like, no, the horror picture show. I'm like, first of all, you're going to get us sued. Um, like that's too close to Rocky Horror. I, I isn't that hard to remember the spooky picture show? Come on, don't don't take anything. I remember spooky picture show. He said he well, combined it with another show name. Just, just just silly. Yeah, well, it's gotta gotta make it simple, like our 10 names for every single show we have. Yeah. Um so I guess on that note, let me let me before Dan gets all this. Wednesday, we have a big supersize show. We'll be covering VHS 85, Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, Exorcist Believer, uh, Chucky, and uh, some other stuff. And then we also have a visual vengeance show coming up with Replicator and the other, uh, The Abomination. So stay tuned for those this week also. Cool. All right. On that note, Chris, say goodnight. All right. Good night, everybody. Thank you. All right, stay sick. Till next time.